Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hello and welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, Damian Mason. Got another great show for you today. I've got Oscar Trimboli. He's from Australia. I'm talking to him right now. He is in Sydney. He's a deep listening expert. Why are you going to be excited about this? I'll tell you why you're going to be excited about it. Because one thing I have noticed, remember, I make my living talking. I have been on a stage for 25 years, starting out in political comedy, morphing into agriculture and business, doing uh, humorous presentations that are about business and food. This is what I do for a living. I talk for a living. But you know what, folks? A lot of people on the other end don't seem to be listening. And this is something that took me a long time. I guess I've always known it. I'm the youngest of nine kids, most of my siblings have the attention span of a gnat and have never listened. So I understand this from the, uh, from the standpoint of being raised around non-listeners. And then I have friends of mine that will call me up, ask me questions, and then Five minutes later, ask me the exact same question again. And I think, for God's sakes, did you not listen when I just, you asked me a minute ago. So I've got Oscar on here because I, I saw him, saw something online. I'm like, this is a guy that I want to have on here. I want him, he's going to share with you, dear listeners, five levels of listening, the art and science of listening and the barriers you have to listening. You know, a lot of comprehension. And we are in an information age. A lot of comprehension just is about listening. A lot of getting your message across is about listening to what your customers and clients need. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to make you a better listener and make you a deep listener. His name's Oscar Tremboli. He's from Sydney, Australia. He's on a quest to create 100 million deep listeners. Oscar, welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. Damien, g'day. And uh, we're just moving into spring over here and you guys are moving into fall. So uh, looking forward to your questions. And my wife took my dog around the farm. Beautiful morning. It's like 67 degrees for the high. The sun is out. When I get done with this recording, I'm going to go out on my farm and do a little bit of work because you got uh, TikTok. There's only so many of these days that we have until we move into that awful, dreadful time of the year where the sun doesn't come out and it's gray and dark and I go to Arizona. Daylight's <laughs> burning. Daylight's burning. Oscar, talk to me. Okay. You're an Australian guy. You want to make people better listeners. How did you get into this? Oh, look, it was a couple of events that happened in my life. I went to a school with 23 different nationalities. I have this thing called discalculus, which means I move numbers around the wrong way. So if you were to read out 9173, I'd probably write down 1973 or something like that. But what it meant was at our school with 23 nationalities, we all played card games with each other and uh, everyone wanted me on my on their team. Even though I couldn't count cards, what I learned really fast was I could read body language. So I was listening at a different level. And then uh, the last part of my corporate career, I was a marketing director at Microsoft and a number of vice presidents and presidents noticed when I was in meetings, they pulled me aside at the end of the meeting and say things like, we need to talk. And that's not a good sign. I often thought it was a career-limiting move. And I always remember Tracy pulling me aside. We'd had this three-way conference with Seattle, Singapore, and Sydney. And uh, she said, you didn't notice what you did at the 23-minute mark. The way you listened to the room completely changed what the outcome was. She said, if you could code that, you could change the world. 
And at Microsoft, when you say code, they actually mean write that in software. So I said, Tracy, do you mean code code or code? And she said, no, Oscar, I mean code. So she was one of the first people to challenge me to teach other people how to listen the way I do. And the big thing Tracy pointed out to me was unlike most people, you're listening to what's not said in the meeting. Everybody's listening to what is said. So if you could help us with that, that would be great. A couple of weeks later, our chief financial officer pulled me aside and said, could you mentor me in how to listen? And thus started the journey to 100 million deep listeners in the world. Although it didn't kind of start off that simply, I thought I'd do uh, 1 million. A mentor of mine said to add a zero and come back next month and tell me how it's done. And then when I sat down with Matt that month, he said, great, you know how to do 10 million, now do 100 million. And I kept saying, Matt, are you going to add a zero every time I come here? And he said, Oscar, just remember this. If your goal can be achieved in your lifetime, it's not ambitious enough. That's <laughs> 100 million deep listeners. Okay, so... Uh, you you believed uh, that this came about because you were listening at a different level, okay? And then uh, when we got, before we started going here, you told me you are going to explain to me the five levels of listening. So you want to start with that or do you want to tell me what people's problems are, why they don't listen? Because this is a really a big thing. I, I Oftentimes I have this thing where it's like the comprehension that other people are having. I'm like, I don't know what you didn't here. And then it dawned on me, I just learned this last year, 25 years I've been on the speaking circuit. I just found out that only 20% of us are auditory. More of us, 40% are visual and 40% are feeling. They just get very caught up in their emotions. So am I mm. right on that? Yeah. And look, I think listening's a shared responsibility between the speaker and the listener. Uh, quite often, if a speaker's boring, they're not going to be able to help the person stay focused and on point. But that's not the point of today. I think great speakers use a range of techniques to explore visual imagery to help those visual learners. They use emotion to connect with those that are feeling, and they tell great stories to connect with the auditory learners as well. So I think all speakers, if you want to be heard, make sure you use a range of metaphors, analogies, stories, facts and figures as well. And it's a shared responsibility to listen and to speak. So let's think about the five levels of listening. One of the biggest barriers to listening is people start by fixating on the speaker and that's the wrong place to start. Level one, listening is listening to yourself. And the biggest thing that gets in everybody's way is that cell phone or that laptop. Mm -hmm. If you want to get one of the biggest barriers, 86% of people struggle with this, Damien, switch your phone to flight mode. Now, if you're completely addicted, just switch all your app notifications off. And if you're really brave, switch your phone off completely and you'll transform your listening capability because... The problem is most people turn up to a conversation or listening to a speaker with their own radio station playing in their head and they're not tuned into the frequency of the person in front of them. We need to remove both external and internal distractions. That's why level one, listening, is listening to yourself. Listening to yourself. And okay. I got to tell you that, uh, again, I saw, I, I was on stage at conferences before there were cell phones. And uh, about seven to eight years ago, I thought we, it was. I thought it would never get any better. The truth is, I've I've discovered 
in many of my audiences now, people aren't on their phone the whole time. It's almost like there for a while when everybody got their first smartphone, they just couldn't, they just absolutely had to be on it the entire time. And now I think there's actually some uh, give back on that. I feel good about that. There's people that maybe are actually paying attention, but let's not give people too much credit. They'd still rather jack around and play video games on their phone than listen. And I always find it interesting when folks say, yeah, I'm listening. I say, I will know you're listening when you look up from your device and look at me. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, it's multitasking can't be done, right? You can't listen and play Donkey Kong, right? <laughs> yeah. So multitasking is possible. We all drive cars. But listening takes place in working memory and you can't multitask in working memory. So it's a kind of a fine distinction. I've interviewed a number of global attention and memory experts. Do you know there's a World Memory Olympics, Damien? I didn't I did know not. that. But uh, the world champion in the Memory Olympics can recite uh, a shuffled deck of cards in the correct order in under a minute, which is pretty impressive given that uh, there's 52 cards. So multitasking when it comes to listening is impossible. There are switching costs every time you move from your, your cell phone or your laptop or your iPad and to engage in the conversation itself. So three quick tips to make a difference here. Tip number one, put that phone to flight mode. If you're re really addicted, switch it off if you're really confident. And if you really, really struggle, just switch off all those buzzes and beeps and dings and switch all the notifications off in your app. Number two, uh, a hydrated brain is a listening brain. If you drink water, that will help to get blood sugars to the brain faster. The brain is only 5% of the body mass, yet it consumes 26% of the blood sugars. And because we haven't been taught how to listen, only 2% of us have been taught how to listen, it's a hard thing for us to do to stay focused, to stay in concentration whilst we're listening. So a hydrated brain is a listening brain. If you drink coffee, that's an extra glass of water for you. And if you want to help the other person, bring a glass of water for them or encourage them to drink water as well as coffee during a meeting too. And tip number three, the deeper you breathe, the deeper you listen. So if you can just take a little bit more time before you go to meet someone or before you pick up the phone to call somebody, just three simple deep breaths. I'm not talking about yoga poses and uh, you sound like you're hyperventilating. It's just taking in a breath through your nose, down the back of your throat, all the way down to your diaphragm and hold that. And the way I integrate this practice, Damien, when I go and visit a client, step through the lobby of a building, my phone goes off and in my bag when I get to the elevator, three deep breaths. And when I get to reception, I always ask for a glass of water for myself and a glass of water for everybody that I'm meeting with as well. Those three things will overcome 86% of distraction so your radio station is now tuned into the conversation. That's level one listening. Got it. Level two. Level two is where most listening literature starts, which is listening to the content. The content is the words people use. It's the sentences and the stories they put together. Equally, it's it's the body language signals they're sending to you. 
And is the words they're using congruent with the body language they're sending? For a lot of us, we've been taught that if somebody's arms are folded, they're defensive. It could just be that they're sitting under an air conditioning vent and it's really cold. What you want to look for in the content is are they congruent? The big thing everybody misses, though, when it comes to content is the energy or the state somebody shows you. There is often a time where I'll be working with people and something will shift their shoulders will go back, their spine will be erect, or their eyes will look in a particularly different direction. If my head is buried in a phone or my head is buried in a laptop, it's really difficult for me to notice that state change. So three things you want to look for when you're listening for content, what they say, what you see, and what you sense. Too many of us don't pay attention to our gut feel, even though our gut has more nerve endings than the brain. Level three is listening for context. Wait, wait, a minute, no, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Real back, back here, Oscar, on uh, on listening yeah, yeah. to content, say, see, and sense. So that's where you really think that you've got to one up. You sense better than others. Is that what I'm hearing? Because when you were at Microsoft and they said, "Hey, man, you 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 seem to like latch onto something that most people didn't." Is that what is that what it's about? Yeah, a part part of it is uh, in that particular example. It was more them saying I was listening to what's unsaid, which is at level four. But yeah, a lot of people have commented to me that I trust my gut feel enough to go, hey, I just felt something move for you, did yeah. you? And often they'll kind of take a moment and go, well, actually, yeah, I was thinking this, but I said that. What I should have said was, and off they go. And for, for a lot of us, we're not paying attention to those micro changes in people's state because we're too busy thinking about the next question we want to ask or the last question we didn't ask or what we've got to do after this meeting or the conflict we've got to deal with that came from the last meeting we're in. If we're not empty, if we're not tuned into a frequency that can be completely present so that we can notice what changes for them because we sense that will make a big difference. You know, Damien, I'm sure given your experience, your gut feel has been right more often than your brain. And there's plenty of times where you've gone, hmm, some of my biggest mistakes, I didn't trust my gut feel. And one of the things I think we don't listen often enough to as leaders in business is our gut feel. Have you ever had situations where you uh, well, didn't? Yeah, and the thing is, I'm a lot more logical than emotional, I think, than some people. So I'm always worried, am I going too much on gut? Because, uh, you know, the logic would say this. But, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the little inner battle that we have <laughs> in my in my world. Okay, <laughs> listening for context. That's number three. Oscar. Level three. Yeah, level three is for backstories and the other stories. It's listening for patterns. Do they always talk about the past? Are they talking about the future? Do they talk about themselves? Do they talk about others? Do they talk about problems? Do they talk about solutions? Do they talk about themselves inside an organization or do they talk about their marketplace? If you can start to notice the kinds of patterns people are speaking in, then you can ask them to notice those patterns as well. The difference between a recreational listener and a deep listener isn't that they understand more about what they're saying. The role of the listener is to help the speaker make sense of what they're saying, not for the listener. And this makes listening really easy. And if you're not listening for the patterns and helping them make sense of the patterns, Damien, at level three, all of a sudden things become really difficult. Have you ever walked into a movie in uh, in the living room at home and you're halfway through a movie and you're trying to figure it out 
you know, it's like, who's this character and where do they fit in? And I, I've got a bit of the plot, but it doesn't make sense. For most of us, we're not listening to the context. We don't get the full story. We don't get the full movie. And we should ask a simple question like, and this takes a bit of courage. It takes a bit of confidence. It takes a bit of humility. We need to ask the question, hey, do you mind just going back a little bit in time and help me understand how this fits in all of a sudden? helps you, but more importantly, it helps them to make sense of what's taking place in that moment. So that's level three, listening for context. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, probably right now somebody's saying, hey, this is kind of interesting, but what difference does it make? And you and I both know the problem is if you don't listen, you're never going to be as smart. You're never going to be as dialed in. You're going to have problems uh, understanding what the marketplace wants or the customer needs or what your coworkers are telling you or your employees. I mean, there's some real – before we get to four and five, we should probably tell the folks that upcoming, we're going to say, here's the problem with not being a good listener. Am I right? If you think about every project that's run over budget, that's run late, that's not delivering to what people actually ask for, there's a lack of listening taking place. If you ever go back and analyze the BP Deepwater Horizon oil rig disaster off the coast of Louisiana, 11 lives lost nearly $54 billion still being paid by BP in settlements. That was because of a lack of listening. The global financial crisis was predicted by three people outside the banking profession, and they presented those papers at banking conferences, and they were ignored. They were laughed at and told they didn't understand the industry. Yet two years prior, a doctor, an electrical engineer, and a nurse all presented the information they'd collected but because they weren't being listened to, uh, over a million jobs were lost. Over $4.5 trillion has lost in economic activity globally since then. So we don't have to look too far to see the cost of not listening in the workplace. But whether that's the increasing divorce rate in the Western world or the detachment of parents between children... The cost mm -hmm. of not listening Fantastic. is Fantastic. So in the five levels of listening, we had listening, uh, we had uh, uh, listening to yourself, listening, L listening to one, content, listening, listening yourself, to context. Level two, listening to content. Level three, context. Level four is really the ninja move of listening. And it's going to sound like Yoda's turned up to this movie and it's listening for what's unsaid. Yeah, now... Now, what I mean by that is really simple. I speak at 125 words a minute, but I can think at 900 words a minute. Now, Damien, you speak a little bit faster than me, about 150 to 160 words a minute, yet you still have 900 words or more trapped in your head. The likelihood the first thing out of the person's mouth is what they're thinking and what they mean. There's a one in nine chance or 11%. So if you went for a surgery and that doctor said to you, hey, good news, Damien, we got an 11% chance of surviving the <laughs> surgery. Well, guess what? You're probably going to be asking for a second opinion. Yet most of us in a conversation don't simply take the time and pause and say, tell me more. What else? If you use those two magical phrases, you will start to unpick those 900 words stuck in their head. And Damien, what happens then is this. They'll take a breath in. They'll look slightly differently at you and they'll say words like this. And these are the key phrases to listen for. Hmm. Well, actually, what I should have told you was, or, you know what's really important that we haven't discussed? 
Mm. Now that I think about it, the biggest issue in our way is, and all that's happening is they're unpicking these other 800 words that are stuck in their head. As a listener, it's your responsibility to help the speaker uncover what's unsaid, not for you, but for them. And in doing so, you can have an impact, an impact beyond words. And for a lot of us, if we aren't tuned in to that conversation and we're in a rush, you see, in the West, we have a really interesting relationship with silence. When it comes to conversation, we use phrases like pregnant pause or awkward silence. Yet in the East, if you go to China, Korea, or Japan, um, silence is a sign of respect. It's a sign of authority. It's a sign of wisdom. And you can use silence, and that helps the conversation progress. If there's one tip I'd love everybody to take out of today is simply this. Listen to silence as if you would another word and listen to the beginning of silence, the middle of silence, and the end of silence. And without even saying those words, tell me more, they'll come to their own conclusion in most cases as well. So level four, Damien, listening for what's unsaid. I'm curious what's going through your mind at the moment. Got it. What is unsaid? Number five, I want to hear about level five. Listening for meaning is the fifth level of deep listening. Level five, listening for meaning means that the listener is helping the speaker make sense of what they're saying, not the other way around. Great listeners aren't there to listen for themselves. They're there to help make sense of it for the speaker. It reminds me of speaking last year. I was in a room, about 80 people, people managers on a manufacturing site, quite complex manufacturing site, and I was there to talk about listening. But, Damien, you speak a lot. Sometimes you walk into a room, you can cut the tension with a knife. What I was feeling with the room wasn't everybody was there. So at about the 20-minute mark, I just turned to my host and paused and said, look, if it's okay, I'd just like to try something different. And they gave me these superhero laser-like beams from their eyes to blow and explode my head off because I'd gone off script. They weren't really happy, and I figured, well, I'm not going to probably get paid for this big gig, <laughs> but I persisted anyway. So what I did was I just asked the room, and again, the tension was seeping through the ceiling. It was dripping down like mildew. You could see that people weren't really there. They were, they were distracted by something else. I said... Right now, in your workplace, if it was a movie, what movie would it be? Have a chat to the person next to you. And for the next, oh, I don't know, two to three minutes, the energy changed completely. There was laughter. There was people were relaxed. And we finally brought the room back. And just while that was going on, the CEO came on stage to me and said, I, I, I don't know what you're playing at here, but this isn't what we agreed. I just said, can't you sense there's something different here? I guess I'm going to have to trust you. He sat back down and the room came back with a whole bunch of disaster movies. Die Hard with a Vengeance, Titanic, Towering Inferno, every plane crash movie you can think of they were talking about. But what was interesting was, Damien, every time they mentioned the movie, they'd all laugh. An important thing happened at that so, moment. So yeah, they're, la- they're laughing at how the, the the company is in a emotional uh, deficit. Things are bad. You can sense this. This guy, the CEO, apparently couldn't sense it. And so you listened and heard something that he didn't hear uh, running that company. And uh, 
that, that's got to be really eye-opening. The thing is, I wonder if he actually was able to handle that or if he said, uh, you know, uh, you, guys, you guys all suck. So <laughs> where'd it go from there? What happened next was the most eye-opening thing I've seen in business in a long time. He stepped up on stage. He gestured for me to hand over the microphone, and he asked me to sit down, so I figured I wasn't getting paid. And uh, what he said next was he, he faced the room and he said, I'm really sorry. He says, I don't want people to come to work every day thinking work is a disaster. I've got this completely wrong. I need help. I hope that we can spend the next 20 minutes with Oscar, maybe to listen to what we haven't listened so far. You see, Damien, there was lots of engineers in this system. Um, they had six sigmas and five whys, and they'd analyzed everything about one of the things that they were struggling with. What I didn't know in the background was this manufacturing site that had nearly $10 million worth of uh, stock held up in quality assurance because there were some impurities in one of the pipelines. And despite all the best efforts of the engineers, they couldn't solve it. So for the next 20 minutes, I was invited back on stage and I simply said to everybody, I just have a quick chat to the person next to you about who we're not listening to. And ultimately came back to they weren't talking to the production line workers. The point of the story is, Damien, when you listen at meaning and you give people permission to tell the truth through a movie, through a book, through an animal, through a color, all of a sudden, the way they make sense of what they're going through is completely different. The CEO came up to me and he goes, at the end of that, he goes, I, I've been working here for five years and you've come in in 20 minutes and sensed this. I said, look, don't worry. It's easier for the external people to notice some things because sometimes we're so close to the front dashboard of the car, we can't see the piece of glass in between us and the outside world. But he, but he said, we, we never thought to listen to the production line workers because we thought the engineers had all the answers. Now, they were working on that for three months and in three days, they solved the problem with the production workers who pointed to them. They showed them exactly where the issue was and they were able to release that $10 million worth of stock. The point is, how many times do you give people permission to tell the truth? How many times do you help them listen for their own meaning by simply saying, hmm, I'm curious, what does that mean for you? You don't have to go to all this elaborate, tell me what movie it's about. Or you could simply say, what do you think that means? And again, just getting them the opportunity to pick out those extra 800 words, Damien, that are stuck in their head will help them explore what it means for them. And then they'll nod and just say to you, wow, the way you listen to me just completely transform what I said. And you realize that you've probably said about three to five percent of the whole discussion and you've helped them to unlock what's possible. The upside of listening well, meetings go quicker. The agreement about what you agree to deliver and what they agree to deliver is much more precise. 
and you anticipate challenges with any deliverables because you discuss them fully in advance rather than coming back three months later and saying, hmm, I wonder what could be wrong. Maybe we should have listened to the production line workers. So levels one through to five, most people see in colour, Damien, but they listen in black and white. They only really listen at level two and a little bit of level three. If we could learn to listen in all five colours there, we could make an impact beyond words. I like it. I like it, Oscar. And it's got me thinking here. Uh, you know, I've always thought you always hear that thing that most people don't listen to comprehend. They listen to respond. I've heard that before, and I believe that to be true. And then you have people that don't listen, period. Uh, I just had this discussion with a couple of friends a, a, few, a couple of weeks back where a person asked me something for the third time. I said, you've, you've asked me that three times. Uh, so there's this, the listening aspect. And then there's also the reality and this is where I struggle. Um, I don't understand emotional intelligence. Um, I don't know how to listen for what is unsaid. I only hear words. Uh, so, so I'm going to get better at that. His name's Oscar Trimboli. He's a deep listening expert. You can find him on LinkedIn, Oscar Trimboli at Oscar Trimboli is his Twitter handle. You found him right here. You can find him just by looking up Oscar Trimboli. He's the Australian guy that can help you be a better listener. What do we need to know as business people? We need to know that we can save ourselves and make ourselves more money, Oscar, by being better listeners and listening in color, as you say, to all five of those. Is there anything else? I think a lot of us are just busy being busy. And and for most of us, if we just took a little bit of extra time to ask one more question, I think that this would make a big difference. There's kind of five myths around listening. And one of the big myths around listening is to get fixated on the speaker. But as I've said, if you take the time to tune in to and tune in to their frequency rather than just tuning into your own frequency, you're going to struggle with every conversation anyway. So the biggest barrier for all of us to listening is distraction. But for leaders, their playground, their sports field, the place where they make the biggest difference is in team meetings and town halls. And one of the biggest frustrations for most staff members, if you're in a team meeting of six people and you have a team meeting every month or every week or every fortnight and two or three people are the ones that speak the most, half the room doesn't think they're heard. People don't leave organizations, they leave their managers. And the number one reason why they leave their managers is they don't feel they're being listened to. So if you could just take a little bit of extra time to listen to those people who aren't those ones who are comfortable speaking up all the time, it's something as simple as saying, hey, you know, we, we kind of say the wall fits into extroverts and introverts and we tend to hear from the extroverts first. For the introverts in a team meeting, rather than saying, what do you think, ask them, what questions on your mind? And introverts always have really skillful questions. So rather than asking them what they think, which they'll feel relatively uncomfortable with, ask them, what questions on your mind about this topic? And that will open up the room to a, a very different perspective because you've taken the time to listen to everybody rather than to listen to those who speak the most. Yeah, a lot of times the person that speaks the most is the one that gets heard. And a lot of times it's not the smartest person in the room. It's the loudest person in the room that ends up being in charge. Mm. <laughs> Oscar Trimboli is his name. He's a deep listening expert. Uh, it was my goal to bring on a little different angle because as business people, uh, as workers, as those that want to be more successful, we've got to always think about uh, one of these impediments to communication. We all 
every day communicate. Are we actually listening? And more importantly, is our message being heard? Thanks for being on here, Oscar. Thanks for listening. You betcha. Until next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast.